What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined by my co-host, as always, David Drogemeyer. We are two writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, it's the Friday show. So first off, let me say happy Friday to all of you guys. We are almost to the weekend, and we have a great show for you guys playing today. We're going to start with the news that one major contributor for the Chargers could be the next in line for a holdout going into the 2020 regular season. So we're going to start with that, and then in the second segment, we're going to get into our Fan Mail Friday segment and get into some voicemails. We have three today, including two first-time callers, so I'm really happy to get into that. And then we're going to wrap up the show by giving some playoff predictions for this weekend's games and take a look at some of the free agents to be on these playoff teams and guys that the Chargers could target this offseason. So let's go ahead and get into it. A year after Melvin Gordon shocked the Chargers by holding out into the regular season and missing four games, the Chargers could have an even bigger name holding out in 2020. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Athletics' Daniel Popper came out with an article saying that Joey Bosa could be likely to hold out into the 2020 regular season. This comes as Bosa is one of the most dominant pass rushers in the NFL. According to the article, he had the second most pressures last year out of any player in the NFL as well as his 11 and a half sacks. And he's going into the fifth year option of his contract where the Chargers are going to pay him over $14 million. That is nothing for a premier pass rusher. We've seen with the likes of Demarcus Lawrence and some of the other more productive pass rushers that contracts going over $100 million. And that is probably what it's going to take to re-sign Joey Bosa with the magnitude of a player that he is. He could strong arm the Chargers into either giving him a deal now and not waiting until his contract comes up. And that could also be the only way that the Chargers bring him back if he hits unrestricted free agency. I don't think there's any way the Chargers bring him back, but there's one thing that the Chargers could do to really resolve all of this, and that is to extend Joey Bosa this offseason, even though he is still under contract. They don't normally do that with players, especially ones that could be demanding things, but if there was ever a time to make an exception, it's now. If general manager Tom Telesco doesn't bring back Joey Bosa, he's already on the hot seat. It's pretty much a foregone conclusion that bringing him back is the best option. It would look really bad for him, a guy who is already on the hot seat. Well, especially when your core philosophy is to draft your guys and re-sign your own guys. If Tom Telesco lets walk one of his best draft picks in his tenure as the, the general manager of the Chargers, then you know it's discrediting and invalidating everything that he has said that his philosophy stands for. If the Chargers are smart, then they'll try their absolute best to re-sign Joey Bosa right now, avoid a, a possible holdout, which Joey Bosa has already demonstrated that he has no problem doing as he did it over some really small minor details and a guaranteed rookie contract. Just to avoid getting into that potential situation, I believe it's in the Chargers' best interest to re-sign one of their best players, lock them up for the foreseeable future, and also send a message that you know we are going to reward our homegrown players and we want them to stay and we're going to show that with a financial commitment. And it's in Joey Bosa's best interest to get that long-term deal figured out now before the season starts. 
get that guaranteed money, get that signing bonus. You know that's what his agents with CAA want. They want that big check, and they should give it to him. Tom Telesco has a history of being stingy in certain situations. You have seen them make exceptions with extending Casey Hayward, extending Keenan Allen as well. But with Joey Bosa, they absolutely need to get this done. Everyone in the league would want to take a flyer on Joey Bosa, even with his injury history. And coming off of a 16 game season where he stayed completely healthy it's a no-brainer type of deal he's only the 11th player in NFL history to have over 40 sacks in his first 51 games played and five of those guys are Hall of Famers according to the article so Joey Bosa absolutely needs to get it done and this comes right after some rumors were sparked this week that Joey Bosa would like to play with his brother and of course I mean your brothers you're both in the NFL you're both really good at what you do it makes sense for them to want to play together but at the same time obviously it's not that simple I still believe that wherever they're going to pay him big money is where he is going to wind up we hear rumors all the time we saw with Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey want to play together but It's one thing to want that, David, and it's another thing for those two contract situations to align like that because both of those guys are going to get paid ridiculously. Yeah, they are definitely going to get paid ridiculous money, and right now, just their careers that are on two different trajectories as far as how their contracts are going to work out. So the likelihood of them being on the same team without a trade is slim to none at this point. Their family, of course, they'd want to play on the same team. I mean, who wouldn't want to play on the same team as your brother? I mean, that would be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able to do that in the NFL at the highest level. I mean, that would be awesome to be able to do that. But I don't think that's going to happen, and I agree with you. The money is going to talk. It always does. Wherever they're going to give Joey Bosa the most money is where he's going to be lining up on Sundays and and playing football. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a business, and the shelf life for NFL players are very short, so they got to get their money while they can, and trust me, they're going to do that. Tom Telesco is known for being the coupon god, but you're not going to be able to coupon god your way out of this one. You're going to have to give out a hundred million plus dollar contract. We don't know if his philosophy kind of emphasizes paying that much for any one position, specifically a non-quarterback position. But if you ask anyone around the league, it's a no doubt about it type of deal. Go sign Joey Bosa. Give him whatever he wants. But we do have two more segments to get into. We need to get into our fan voicemails before wrapping up the show with some playoff predictions and some possible free agents on these playoff teams that the Chargers could target after the season. Coming up right after this. All right, guys. Well, it's time to get into the segment we do every single week, and that is our Fan Mail Friday segment. On today's show, we have three voicemails, one coming from Nameless, one coming from Craig, who we've interacted with a lot on Twitter, and another one coming from Donnie from Wisconsin. So if you guys want to be the next voice on the Locked On Chargers podcast, make sure to call 323-524-7924 because every Chargers voicemail gets on the show. But let's start with our recurring caller, Nameless. We don't know his name, but he always brings it for us and he always calls in and we very much appreciate it. Let's see what he has to say this week. Hi guys, it's Nameless again. Hey, I'm watching the Tennessee beat the uh, Baltimore Ravens game and I'm getting more and more frustrated the more I watch it. I saw our Chargers take out the Ravens last year in the playoffs, and I saw our Chargers have Tennessee on the one-yard line this year and should have won the game. I just feel like we're close. We're right there. We can play with any of these guys. Some of the coaching decisions are just bad with the laying back on the defense and making young quarterbacks like the Denver rookie 
and the, 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 the Pittsburgh Duck Hodges or whatever his name was looked good by laying back and letting these guys think and get a little confidence. The Chargers are so close. We need to build that old line, get out to early good starts in these games, and uh, get a couple of good close wins. I, I feel like we could get, gain some confidence and get some momentum and, and have a solid season. We're really close, but yet we're so far. This team is just frustrating. Uh, that's all i got to say. I see these playoff games, and, and I feel like we're close. And even though we ended up at 5-11, and 11, uh, you guys share your thoughts. I'd love to hear what you got to say about our team and how if we can compete with some of these playoff teams next year. Thanks. Bye-bye. Go Chargers. Well, Nameless, I think that we're both frustrated about a lot of the same things. I mean, seeing the Chargers go up against quarterbacks like Duck Hodges and Drew Locke and, and have them really be able to kind of settle into those games and make some easy throws, like you said, is such a frustrating thing. But I do think that the Chargers, though, could be very close to a really good winning team. Like you said, I mean, if you build offensive line, if you get out to good starts in these games and you have a good game plan going into them, that's going to help. And if you finish out the close games, which the Chargers were terrible at this year, then it turns, you know, a 5-11 and 11 season. If you take that record with the 2-9 and nine record that they had in one-score games this year, obviously that's a playoff record if you flip those around. So those are three huge things, but you're right. I think seeing these playoff games play out and seeing the Titans beating the Ravens and knowing that you should have beat the Titans and you beat the Ravens last year in the playoffs, David, is extremely frustrating. But I do think he's right about saying this team is pretty close. It's not nearly as far away from being a good team as the 5-11 and record says it is. No, I mean, they're, they're not that far away from it, but there's a few things that separate good teams from bad teams. Good teams don't turn the ball over, and they take the ball away. I mean, good teams score in the red zone, and the Chargers did not do that at all. <laughs> good teams make their kicks, and then they pin their opponents back deep and make them routinely scale the length of the field to get into the end zone. The Chargers did not do those things last year, and that ultimately is what resulted in you know a five and eleven team, a five and five and eleven finish. So I mean, if you just add a little bit of polish and you correct some of those things, I mean, and those things can be corrected through coaching and through better players, you know, better talent. If you correct those things, then you can turn a five and eleven football team right back into a playoff contender next year. Well, and I mean, fixing the offensive line is hard enough on its own, considering none of those guys are necessarily you know Pro Bowlers right now and guys that you're feeling great about going forward. I mean, maybe Questenberry, Russell Okung has been good when he's on the field and he's stayed pretty healthy with the Chargers. But either way, I mean, even if you get the offensive line figured out, now you still have the quarterback situation that has to get figured out and you still have to find ways to change the mentality of this team and get them to finish off these close games. It's all easier said than done, but let's get into our next caller. This is Craig, who we interact with on Twitter. Thanks for calling in, Craig. Let's see what he has to say this week. Hey, guys. This is Craig. Um, first time calling in. I interact with you guys a bunch on Twitter. But um, just kind of calling to touch base, more so along the lines of Tom Telesco. I um, think this offseason is going to be a big prove-it uh, offseason for him. Uh, I don't think he gets as much flack as he should. Uh, I know that we all praise him for making some of the easiest draft picks. Uh, most of which should kind of fall in his lap. But I'm lending more towards the fact that, yep, this offseason will have a significant amount of cap space, um, especially if we go ahead and release guys like, you know, me, Bang, Benjamin, guys along those lines that, you know, don't really serve a purpose for us much of anymore. So um, with that being said, I guess my question kind of comes to this. 
What do you guys think about players actually even wanting to come to join the team? I find that with this type of cap space, if Telesco can't sign some pretty, you know, I'm not going to say the biggest names, but, you know, above average players that have proven themselves on other rosters, I think it's an indication not so much that Telesco is a bad GM per se, but that guys don't necessarily want to come to the team. I mean, you're going into a new stadium, that's awesome. But if you don't have the fan base there and no home field advantage, might be much less attractive than some other places are. So I do feel like Telesco is going to be a bit more under fire and it's going to be telling of him. I don't think he's a horrible GM. I think he's lucked up into some really good situations. But I also think this is going to be a real test of how much his GM skills are, you know, stand above head and shoulders, you know, above the situation that this team faces on a regular basis, you know, playing in a new stadium and not really having that home field advantage of fan base that a lot of other teams have. So I'm just interested to see what you guys think, whether it's more of the L.A. situation or if, you know, Telesco's just being coupon guy and trying to save his shillings to maybe extend guys that we need to keep on the roster or maybe just keeping the money for whatever reason. I, I look at him like Scrooge McDuck sometimes. I think he's like one of the most selfish guys with money on the planet. But, um, again, interested to hear you guys' feedback. Um, I'll be even interacting with you more via phone calls and still on Twitter. Um, really enjoy the show. You guys keep it going. Go both. All right, well, let's start by just saying that I think we can all agree that Tom Telesco is very much – supplanted on the hot seat you know when he gives his end of the season press conference you're basically understanding that yes he is going to come back the next year and I don't think any of us necessarily thought he was going to get fired but now that the team has cap space now that he's coming off a season where his free agents didn't do very much I mean maybe Tyrod Taylor comes in this year and and leads them to the playoffs and we feel a lot better about that signing but you didn't get a lot of contributions out of Brandon Meebane who you brought back you didn't get a lot out of Denzel Perryman. Thomas Davis was below average this year, and Tyrod Taylor never really sniffed the field. When he did get on the field, Phillip Rivers was there as well, and none of those plays ever worked out for the Chargers. But this that's a good question you bring up, Craig. Is it If he can't get the free agents this year, is it the fact that no one wants to play in L.A.? Or is it Tom Telesco just isn't out there getting great signings in? You can be called the coupon god all you want, but you're right. If he doesn't bring in respected talent in the NFL that you know can come in and start this offseason just because you know he's made some bad signings in the past like Derek Cox and Orlando Franklin he has to get over that and go find some players this offseason that make a difference and David when it comes down to that specific question is it Tom Telesco or is it players not wanting to go in front of a home crowd that really isn't a home crowd no home field advantage a struggling fan base and all of the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about it, it being Tom Telesco because the fan support and all that. I mean, players say, you know, hey, I love fan support and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, money talks. I've, I, I say it, I've said it before and I'll say it again because we're talking millions and millions of dollars here, people. I mean, this is a life-changing amount of money. So whoever's going to give them the most money is where they're going to play football. I don't think people really care that much, you know, in the NFL. It's it's a business. They're, they're trying to make their money. So if Tom Telesco puts enough zeros on, you know, down on a piece of paper in front of somebody, they're going to sign on the dotted line. And I don't think fan support is really going to play too much 
into that equation. This is a big offseason for Tom Telesco. I mean, if he doesn't go out there and make the moves now that the financial shackles are off of him and he has enough cap space to really go out there and sign impact talent, if he can't do that this offseason, then I think it's time to start looking for a new general manager. This is a prove it and let me see what you got year for Tom Telesco. And if he doesn't, he needs to find his way out of Los Angeles. I like the Scrooge McDuck reference. But at the same time, to be Scrooge McDuck, you'd have to be able to go into the vault and be able to dive into the vast amounts of treasure that are in that said vault. But unfortunately, I don't think anyone thinks of the Chargers as the team that has the vault full of gold coins. I mean, this is a pretty cheap ownership group and some owners that don't have very deep pockets. But at the same time, if he wants to do it, that's exactly what I was going to say. Players are going to go where they get the most money. It already hurts that you're in California and the taxes here aren't as good as somewhere like, you know, Florida, where you're not going to get taxed on your paychecks and things like that. But it's very hard already to bring in free agents when you have other teams courting them. At the same time, if you're not cheap, if you know who you want to get and you go and pay them top dollar, they're still going to come. So I think it still goes on Tom Telesco to some sort. But if it's one player and the amount of money is exactly the same, you're absolutely right that the fan base and all of those factors are definitely going to have an impact on whether a player wants to go sign with you. But we've seen them bring in guys before, and usually when they're getting after top guys on the market, which isn't very often, the money itself is enough to bring them over. But we do have one more caller calling in, and this is Donnie from Wisconsin. Let's see what he has to say. My name is Donnie. I'm calling from Wisconsin. And uh, first thing first, just wanted to congratulate Antonio Gates uh, on his retirement and his fantastic career with the Chargers. Um, secondly, I just didn't really have a question, but I just wanted to state and hope that the Chargers please do not draft uh, a quarterback. There's no sense in drafting a quarterback where you don't even have an offensive line to block for them. I think maybe they should look at quarterback next year, um, maybe try bringing Phil back one more year see what Tyrod can do. He's familiar with Lynn, as you guys know. Um, just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Don't really think it makes sense to even get a quarterback this year. All right, later. All right, Donnie. Well, I first just let me say I love the accent. I mean, I love hearing these voicemails and, and hearing people from all over the country and all over the world call in that are Charger fans. I mean, that gets me going every time. But you're absolutely right. Let's take a second to just congratulate Antonio Gates again for his fantastic career as an all-time Charger and only a Charger. No question about it. One of the best ever. Absolutely. I mean, it, there's no, it's not up for debate. I mean, Antonio Gates would be one of the best ever at his position, but I disagree on the quarterback take here. I think the Chargers do need to take a quarterback in this draft class. I don't necessarily think that they have to pick it at number six. I mean, I think there's more options than just taking whoever's left at six, especially if it's Herbert and you're not sold on him. I've heard some rumors that, Tom Telesco is totally sold on Herbert at six, which scares me a little bit, especially with the talent there. And that's the other part of this. I think there's better talent there. If you're not going to get, you know, one of the top two quarterbacks, if you're not getting to uh, if you're not getting Joe Burrow, which I don't think anyone thinks that they will, then you have guys like Isaiah Simmons possibly falling to you. You have Andrew Thomas possibly falling to you, the best offensive tackle in the class. So I think there's so many options there, and there's going to be such a good player there that I get maybe not taking a quarterback in the first round. But at the same time, we just don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like when we get to the draft, David. That's the problem with the NFL scheduling in the offseason is free agency is happening here in March. 
we're going to know if the Chargers have a plan at quarterback or at least a longer term plan than Tyrod Taylor basically on a one year contract. But I do think they do need to draft a quarterback in this class, whether it's the first round or the second round or taking, you know, a a flyer that's higher than what you took on Easton Stick. In the fifth round, I mean, I think you could get a band-aid and wait to another year when you think you could have a, a better chance at a better quarterback, but you're not going to get a draft pick like this very high. If the guy that you want is there and you're sold on him, and if you're the Chargers, you have to pull the trigger. Yeah, no question, but I don't want to see a reach at six. I mean, if your guy's not there, don't just don't take a quarterback for the sake of taking quarterbacks, okay? I mean, Denver has showed us how, how well that's you know worked out in the past. It, it doesn't work out well. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's definitely got to be best player available, and it's got to be the quarterback you love at six if he's there. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I'd like to see them draft a quarterback this year, but we just don't know what they're going to do. I mean, right now, everything's so wide open. We should have some clarity here in free agency. You know, I would say they're probably going to bring Phillip back. I've always been a proponent of bringing him back for one more year, regardless if they draft a quarterback or not. And I agree. I mean, they don't have a great offensive line, but they have the money and, you know, the draft capital to be able to fix that if they actually put an emphasis on it. I mean, they put an emphasis on linebackers last year. I mean, and that improved a little bit, but they really need to put an emphasis on offensive line. And honestly, I'd like to see them address it in free agency and the draft, but we'll see what happens. I think that they have to go into the draft, not necessarily needing to take a quarterback because then that kind of makes the decision for them. They have to have a, at least a short-term solution. I'm not saying it's going to be Tom Brady because I'm not necessarily buying into that hype, but at the same time, they have to have some sort of situation figured out where they're not just, pigeonholed into having to take a quarterback at six which is the last thing you want if the guy's there that's going to be the face of the franchise and you're sold on it you pull the trigger but there's just so much talent there at the top of the draft to just take a quarterback because philip rivers might move to another team but we do have one more segment to get into getting into our playoff predictions and some free agents that the charge could potentially target that are on these playoff teams but thank you to everyone who called in. Once again, the number is 323-524-7924. If you want to get on the show, you guys could be on the next one. But before we get into the next segment, I need to tell you guys that there's still time to get some money in on these games in this playoffs. And the best way to do it, the best way to win money this playoff season is with DraftKings. Can you believe it's conference championship week already? Time's up for two of the teams playing this weekend, but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching a game quite like having a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code Locked On, and for a limited time, both new and existing users can get that deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. New users, be sure to use the promo code Locked On, all caps, one word during signup, and you'll get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. That's promo code locked on all caps, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. I also need to tell you guys about our favorite car dealership. And of course, I'm talking about Metro Infinity, who has a brand new multi million dollar facility right off the 210 in Monrovia. They're the number one volume dealer in California, and they're one of the only family owned businesses as well. One of my favorite parts about Metro Infinity is that if you don't like going into the dealership, 
It's no problem at all. They will bring the new car and the paperwork to your home or office and complete the whole transaction there. They take pride in not being your typical car dealer where it takes hours to buy a car. They don't play games and they want their customers to have a luxury car buying experience and they even want to save you money and you can do that by mentioning that locked on charger sent you over there they will give you an extra 500 dollars off any car purchase you can reach them at 626-599-7510 or at metroinfinity.com if you or anyone you know is in the market for any new or used car there's only one place to go and that's metro infinity all right time to get into the final segment of the show getting into our playoff predictions for this weekend There's only two games this weekend. It's Championship Sunday coming up. We have the Niners versus the Packers as well as the Chiefs versus the Titans. So the Titans upset the Ravens last week. Now they get the Chiefs this week. And another rematch from earlier this season, the 49ers take on the Packers after absolutely destroying them earlier on in the season. So, David, before we get into the free agents we like from these four teams going into this weekend, when you look at the 49ers versus the Packers, who do you like in that one? Yeah, so, I mean, some really good elements to both of these teams. I mean, the Packers feature a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, one who helped them kind of cement, you know, their victory and sent them to the NFC Championship game against the 49ers, who have a a great defense, especially their defensive line, and their running game, uh, just, you know, one of the most creative and productive in the NFL. And for me, I think that the defense always wins out. I think the 49ers have a better defense. I think they're going to be able to get after Aaron Rodgers in this game. And that's why I think they're going to be going to the Super Bowl and they're going to beat the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to say it's going to be fairly low scoring because championship games mostly are. I'm going to say it's going to be a 21 to 17 victory. Yeah, I didn't think that the Packers, especially going up against the depleted Seahawks team last week, were very inspiring. You combine that with the performance they had against the Niners in the regular season. and I don't think it's going to be that far away. I don't think that the difference or the disparity between the two teams is going to be that large as it was when the two teams matched up earlier in the season. But I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. Usually I'll go with the quarterback, but when you're talking about the playoffs and you're talking about what usually wins out the better offense or the better defense, it's usually the better defense. And I think the 49ers with that defense will do enough to be able to slow down the Packers. And the Packers defense has been a little shaky over the last half of the season. So I'm excited to watch the game regardless, but I think the Niners take that one. But let's flip over to the other game, Titans versus the Chiefs. So if you think about back to the game in the regular season between these two teams, it was ridiculous. The Titans end up blocking a field goal attempt by the Chiefs. They end up pulling the game out by the skin of their teeth. And really, that's another reason why they made the playoffs. If they don't win that, they don't make the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen this time around. I think the Chiefs are going to pull it off. I would rather the Titans win. And I think the Titans know the recipe to beating the Chiefs. Tough man-to-man coverage. Force a turnover or two off Patrick Mahomes. Have a really good running game that you can really milk the clock and shorten the game and not give them as many drives to just, I mean, turn things on like they did last week against the Texans. I'm going to take the Chiefs kind of hesitantly. I think the Chiefs are going to win, especially with that offensive performance that we saw last week. But, David, I, I do think it should be a pretty close game. 
Yeah, no, I think it definitely will be a, a closer game than than the Chiefs had last week. But I, I think the Titans have the momentum, honestly. I think I, I love their physical nature, the way they play on offense and defense. On offense, they're lining up, they're running the ball straight at you. I mean, the, their quarterback's going to manage the football game, but they're going to hand the ball to Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry's going to run some people over. I mean, that's been the recipe for success. They're going to play clean football. They're going to play physical football, which I think is going to help them against the, the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs already showcased that they can score at will, and if you make mistakes, they're going to capitalize on those mistakes. So the Titans have to play mistake-free football. They have to control the clock. they got to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines as much as possible. They have to be able to play really good man-to-man coverage, which – Fortunately for them, they've been able to do, especially, you know, on their run here in the playoffs. I think that physical nature and, you know, a clean game is going to help propel the underdog Tennessee Titans to match up with the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I think they are going to win the AFC Championship game and they're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs 24 to 21. Yeah, I like that score. I think it could be somewhere around that. I I think if I was putting a score on it, I'd probably say... Chiefs 34, Titans 30. I think it could be somewhere around that. But I think one thing's for sure, if the Titans are going to win, they're going to have to get another monster game by Derrick Henry, which he's been kind of serving up whenever they needed to. And Ryan Tannehill is probably going to have to throw for more than 100 passing yards, which is something that he hasn't done either of the first two games. But then again, what a story that would be to see Ryan Tannehill, who is discarded by the Dolphins, take over and, you know, beat out Marcus Mariota, the number two former overall pick, which isn't saying much, and then have him go through Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes on his way to a Super Bowl run would be pretty ridiculous. But David, when you're looking at the free agents from the remaining playoff teams, who are some guys that stand out to you as guys the Chargers could potentially target in the offseason? Yeah, so I think I'll just go down the line quickly here. Um, So I'll start with the 49ers. There's a couple of guys that I'd like to see the Chargers bring in. One of them is the veteran wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. I love his route running ability. I love his savvy. I love his hands. He's been very productive. I think he would be an excellent wide receiver three on maybe like a two-year deal. A guy I've already mentioned from the 49ers that I'd love to see is Eric Armstead, Uh, just a a monster of a man on the defensive line, a guy who can get pressure coming off a 10-sack season. I mean, I think it would just be a tremendous upgrade there. On the Packers, I would love their right tackle, Brian Bulaga. I've said it multiple times. He would be an instant upgrade at right tackle. Obviously, the Chargers need offensive line help, so I'd be there. And also, kind of an under-the-radar tackle as well is uh, Jason Spriggs. He, He, unfortunately... You know, missed this season because he was placed in IR with a back problem. But I think he's a, a t- like a take a flyer candidate and uh, someone who you could you know potentially be a diamond in the rough. Uh, and then on the off uh, the AFC side with the Titans, there's three guys I'm looking at: quarterback Logan Ryan, who's coming off a four interception season. Love to see uh to pair him with Casey Hayward. Uh, their right tackle Jack Conklin, obviously uh, coming off of one of his best seasons. And, you know, who wouldn't want the beast running back, Derrick Henry? I mean, the you know, John's always wanted a big physical running back, a real bruiser, and that's definitely what Derrick Henry is. And then on the Chiefs, quickly, the, of course, their defensive end, Chris Jones, one of the most dominating forces on the defensive line in the NFL. And then Emmanuel Ogba, who's a, a decent pass rusher and a pretty good run stuffer as well. So those are the guys that I'm looking at that I love to bring in that I think all would help the Chargers win more football games in 2020. Yeah, I think if you get Brian Bulaga or Jack Conklin, that's a huge win for your free agency right there. Solidifying that right tackle position 
would be huge. I think another offensive lineman is Stefan Wisniewski, who's on the Chiefs, who's been filling in for them at left guard and has actually played very well for them. He's normally a center, but so far this year, he has an 80.9 pass blocking grade in limited action, almost a 73 overall grade, both of which would be the highest on the Chargers by a lot. So I like that. Emmanuel Sanders, I think his days potentially as a number one receiver might be over, but as a number three receiver, lining up in the slot and lining up outside. I love his playmaking ability. He's always been that guy. He's always killed the Chargers. I would love that as the Chargers' third wide receiver. For Derrick Henry, I still think that your philosophy has to stay the same. For me, I'm not paying that much for a running back. He is getting hot at the right time, and somebody is absolutely going to overpay Derrick Henry for what he's doing right now, not only at the end of the regular season, but in these playoffs as well. And I think it doesn't make as much sense for the Chargers. The Titans have built their team around Derrick Henry. They play that kind of football. That's their philosophy. That's their mentality. That's the way they like to play. So I don't think just putting him in a Chargers uniform would give you the same results as he's been able to do so far with the Titans. But the other guy who on the surface, I think, made a lot of sense was Blake Martinez. He was second in the NFL this year in tackles with 155. But as we've seen with Thomas Davis, a high tackle number doesn't always necessarily mean a great performance. I mean, even with that, he has a 57.9 Pro football focus grade. His run stopping grade was even lower than that. So I I wouldn't really want to give any money to Blake Martinez. I think it'd be another bad signing for the Chargers if they wanted to give him a lot of money this year just because he's a guy that can actually tackle. It's where the tackles are happening that are more of an issue with him. And the other guy I think you could potentially take a flyer on is Kendall Fuller, a guy who a couple of seasons ago was having elite graded seasons and now this year has kind of fallen off a little bit. That's probably going to drive the price tag down a little bit. But once you show that you can be that guy as a corner, I mean, somebody's always going to be willing to overpay you. So I doubt they get in the game for them. But Chris Jones is another guy on the Chiefs. I mean, how could you not want that guy? Over 16 sacks last year. Didn't even play the entire season this year and was still putting up ridiculous sack numbers. We can always dream. But at the end of the day, if you want one of these guys, Tom Telesco, you're going to have to open up the checkbook and and not be so stingy because that's the only way it's going to happen. But that is going to wrap things up for this week. We'll be back with you guys next week. We're going to have a big show announcement coming up next week. So you guys are going to want to be here for that. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, LockedOnChargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, make sure to call 323-524-7924. Every Chargers voicemail gets on the show. But thank you guys again for listening. We've had a lot of fun with you this offseason. We'll be back with you guys on Monday. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.